0: Imagine a world government that controlled your finances, global energy, food supply, transportation, and your religion was involved. Well, This is exactly what is happening by central bankers, the United Nations globalists, and religious leaders. Global warming slash climate change is nothing more than scaring us into accepting a world government. We will discuss the prophetic implications of events occurring at COP 28 and other meetings on this edition of the End Time Show. Now, we've talked about it for years, but prophecies do foretell a world government in the end time. Well, I've been watching COP28 and all of the events that surround that and the propaganda and everything that's going on, and I wanted to show you, just give you a snapshot of what's really going on in the world today. Mark Moreno, who is with the Climate Depot, many of you have heard of him. He was on Fox uh, News, and he said that the United Nations is to declare a war on meat at COP28, and that the UN seeks to collapse the global energy, the food supply, and transportation, and the ability to move freely. So what I want to do today is I want to step back and think about what's going on at, at really many things around the world, but mainly COP28, And look at it it on a grand scale because you can get so mesmerized by a COP28 meeting and there's hundreds of other meetings that go along with that that you could say, I I really don't even understand what's going on. But I want to give you the true narrative here. Let me ask you a question. If you wanted to control the world, what would you do? I want you to imagine a world that would, you'd have to control people's finances, right? And then if you could get, if you get control of their finances, you've really got everybody. But think about this, what if that wasn't enough for you? So you've got efforts to to control finances, you've got efforts to control the energy supply. We need energy, right? We need gas in our vehicles, we need electricity for our homes. Natural gas to heat and cook stoves and different things. So we need energy. But then also our food supply. If look at what they're doing to farmers. Look at them buying up um, farmland. Look at what they're trying to do with getting us everybody used to raise their own food and eat that. But now I'm gonna say a vast majority of people eat at restaurants. Imagine if they can control the food supply and then transportation because if you have a think about this it's just like cash is freedom moving on to a digital society. Well imagine about a gas or diesel burning car that's freedom, right? I can get in that nobody knows where I'm going I just take off, right? Unless you got your cell phone with you or something like that, but if I want to just be free leave my cell phone at home I go wherever I want, but if they put you in an electric car that's tied into a computer. Anytime you're tied into a computer, somebody knows what you're doing, right? So they want to control transportation, trying to move us off of gas burning vehicles, i.e., if you get rid of fossil fuels, fossil fuels create the gas and the diesel that we burn in our vehicles. Oil, right? Fossil fuels. So they move off of fossil fuels man, our world's going to be in a hurt. And this is what they're talking about doing at COP28. And then also they're tying religion into it. So if if you were trying to create your own world government and you could control everyone's finances, the global energy, food supply, transportation, and religion, then you could create a world governing body, right? Well, the Bible says, it prophesies, there's going to be a world governing body in the end time. Folks, we're watching the establishment of this right now. But they've got to have a crisis. And so, if there's no crisis, guess what? They're not above making one up. And so, this is what they're trying to do. Now, I know that the Bible says there's going to be a World War III. On the backside of that, we're going to move into a fully functioning world governing body. It's going to be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist however before that they don't have that crisis yet it's coming but they don't have it yet so what are they trying to do they're doing their best to scare all of us into that's what the global warming climate change scares all about it's total propaganda they're doing that to scare all of us to get us to bow down to the edicts of the world governing body and I'm gonna show you that as we go along let me mention first cup coffee very quickly because you know, as you can imagine, we're working around the clock here and keeping up with everything going on, everything I just talked to you about, plus many other things. And, yes, we're energized by our, our God-given purpose, but I want you to know that it's awful nice to have a great cup of coffee in the morning, right? Well, we're going to First Cup Coffee here at End Time. First Cup Coffee, they're, they're not a woke entity. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't knowingly support them if they were. We wouldn't be tied in with them and they're not trying to rewrite our history. They're not trying to do things in the military and a lot of different things uh, that are woke. They're a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company right here out of the great state of Texas, and they've got many different roasts you can choose from. It's really cool because they're named after a specific piece of American history. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. If you subscribe, They'll give you another 10% off. So go to firstcup.com, use code time to get 10% off today. Now, let's dive off into these different uh, issues, different topics that I talked about, energy, religion, uh, your food, and different things, because I want to show you re- really what's going on with um, COP28. Because honestly, everybody, it's based on a false narrative. It's a total hoax. And let's talk about it. So, if you were going to create a world-governing body, what would you have to do? <clears throat> You'd try to get a hold of energy, right? And you would try to get it so you could track everybody. Again, having a gas-powered vehicle, if I've got a 79 Ford pickup, I can put gas in that, go wherever I want, nobody knows where I'm at. If I leave my cell phone at home, if you've got your cell phone, they can track you. But if I leave my cell phone at home, I can go do whatever I want. It's freedom. But if I've got an electric vehicle, you've ever, you've been in a Tesla, you've seen the big computer screen and with the big maps and the whole how does that thing know where you're at on your mind shows me I've got a nav system and it shows me where as I'm driving along I just turned left I did that now I turned right now I went here now I'm parked at a mall okay you know they know exactly where I'm at well and that's in a gas-powered vehicle however imagine if you went to a completely electric one well John Kerry has said uh, about pollution from the coal plants, he was talking about it at COP28, and he said there shouldn't, just recently, he said there shouldn't be any more coal power plants permitted anywhere in the world. Hold on a second. A lot of our energy here in America comes from coal-fired power plants, folks. So what in the world is John Kerry talking about? He's our, supposedly our climate czar that's over there at COP28. But he said there shouldn't be any coal-fired power plants. I was born and raised in Richmond, Indiana till I was 33 and then went 34 when we moved down here to Dallas. And at Richmond Power and Light, I went by there uh, going into Richmond from where I lived out in the country and I could see these giant stacks of coal all along the side of the building. for, year, for The whole time I was growing up because it's a coal-fired power plant. I'm very familiar with that. Well, John Kerry, I mean, what would happen to Richmond, Indiana, where I grew up? A, town, a farming community of about maybe 35, 40,000 people. What would happen to that community if that coal-fired power plant shut down? It provided electricity for the city of Richmond and all of the farming community on the outside of that. I mean, that's what John Kerry is proposing right now. What are they trying to do? They're trying to upset the apple cart on, our, on the global economy, so that people will have to bow down to the edicts of this world-governing body. You're going to see this as we go along. The Pope also gave a message talking about energy, because Pope Francis is all in on this false narrative of global warming and climate change. He just put, over the last several years, he's put out two encyclicals devoted specifically to this. Pope Francis obviously got sick, and he couldn't go to COP28, so he sent a message, and I'm quoting here. He says, brothers and sisters, it is essential that there be a breakthrough that is not a partial change, of course, but rather a new way of making progress together. The fight against climate change began in Rio de Janeiro back in 92, and the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement represented a new beginning. He's all on board with this social uh, justice and and, uh, wealth redistribution and everything that's going on with it. He set, goes on to say, now there is a need to set out a new, a new. May this COP prove to be a turning point. The, the cop, a COP is a conference of parties. Everybody gathered together. All the elites from the world gather together to spin their climate fear and climate scare propaganda. So he says, COP, 28, needs to be a turning point, demonstrating a clear and tangible political will That can lead to a decisive acceleration of ecological transition through means that meet three requirements listen closely at these three requirements they must be efficient obligatory and readily monitored this is what he wants to do to us the world making sure that everybody's doing what they're told to um, stop the warming of the planet supposedly so that's one and it, it must be achieved in four sectors so energy efficiency, renewable resources. Listen at this closely. The elimination of fossil fuels, not the reduction. He says we need to eliminate the use of fossil fuels and education and lifestyles that are less dependent on the latter. I want to focus on the elimination of fossil fuels. You understand what they're trying to do to America. John Kerry said it. Pope Francis said it. Many people are saying it. The elimination of fossil fuels. Again, if you were trying to create a world governing body, you'd have to get the nations of the world to bow down to your edicts, and you'd be able to control them in every way, shape, or form, right? Well, you'd have to get control of their energy. So, reduce, eliminate the, the use of fossil fuels. Let me see here. The U.S. Energy Information Administration, they state this. About 60% of the electricity generation in America is from fossil fuels, coal, natural gas, petroleum, and other gases. Gasoline, listen closely, think about, do you have a gasoline-powered car? I'm gonna say virtually, unless you're driving diesel, you drive a gasoline-powered car, unless you have an electric vehicle, right? So, gasoline is the primary US transportation fuel in 2022 Americans used about 133.73 billion gallons of gas including 134.55 billion gallons of finished motor gasoline that's about 368.63 million gallons per day okay about 0.19 billion gallons of finished aviation gasoline goes along with that for the um, airlines and things. So, motor gasoline is one of the most consumed fuels in the United States and the main product that U.S. oil refineries produce. U.S. consumers use gasoline in, now think about this, if they were to do away with fossil fuels, how would you power these vehicles? Think about this, your car, sport utility vehicles, light trucks, motorcycles, recreational vehicles, Boats, small aircraft, equipment and tools used in construction, farming, forestry, landscaping, electricity generators for portable. Think about this, you've got to have gas in all of them. And emergency power supplies. Think about generators for hospitals. They keep fuel in those. So, none of that would run without fossil fuels, everybody. But yet the Pope is saying, hey, because of global warming climate change, we need to eliminate fossil fuels on the planet. Imagine what that would do to the economy of America. Imagine how that would upset your life, your ability to function, and to travel, and to heat your homes, and electricity, and so on, and so on, and so on. So in 2022, total gasoline consumption, based on energy content, accounted for about 57% of the total energy consumption in the transportation sector and 16% of the U.S. total in energy consumption based on, a vo- on, based on volume and 45% of total petroleum consumption. So, light vehicles and uh, with sport utilities and all these different vehicles, small trucks, they account for about 91% of all gasoline consumption in the United States. Now, I want you to think about that. Because think about everything you have that depends on a fossil fuel. Now, what they're trying to do is, John Kerry, Pope Francis, and hundreds of others are saying, well, fossil fossil fuels put off too much carbon emissions, so we need to eliminate the use of fossil fuels in the world. Now, y'all understand what I'm saying here? What are these people trying to do? If we go to just all-electric power, can you imagine the cost for that? So I want you to think about the, the but you, you, I just gave you a bunch of, of data and things like that, and your eyes kind of glazed over, right? But I want you to understand the, the big goal here is to create a world-governing body. You say, why are they doing all this? The the earth is not going to warm up until it burns up. We're not doing that. Carbon emissions is not causing that to happen. If it is, it's the most minute scale you can even imagine. But yet these people are having these big meetings. They've had COP meetings, the conference of party meetings for years. This is COP number 28. And they're pushing and pushing and pushing this false narrative. I'm going to prove to you it's a false narrative here in just a little bit. But I want you to understand what it would do to our economy and if we were to move off of fossil fuels. Now, I'm going to go to food supply. Let me first mention birch gold real quick. It's actually a good time to do that, right? (laughs) these, These world governing enthusiasts, that's who's at this COP meeting. They want to impose these digital currencies and that's the way they're going to control your finances. I mean, it's one of the number one ways I can see along with digital IDs and different things on the populations of the world. There are many nations already right now, they're out of the 193, I think 119 of them are already exploring ways to do it. So they this would even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain things, i.e. let's say a, a gas-powered stove, and easily freeze or seize part of your money. Think about what happened up in Canada with the truckers. So in essence, these central bank digital currencies would enable the government to have more control over your finances. So there are some concerned Americans that are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a a physical asset held in a tax shelter retirement account, go to birchgold.com slash end time to get your free info kit on gold. Maybe you've got an IRA or a 401k that's been laying around for a while. It's got dust an inch thick on it. Well, Birch Gold can help you convert that into an IRA in gold, and you don't have to pay any money out of pocket. So go to birchgold.com slash end time and claim your free info kit on gold because if digital currency becomes a reality for all, you may wish you had some gold to fall back on. Right? Now, so we went from energy control, and that's what they're trying to do. I could get so detailed into that, but I I didn't want to just kind of, you know, blow you away with information here but we went from energy this is what they're dealing with in COP 28 to our food supply if you were trying to create a world governing body and you didn't have a crisis you got to have a crisis to get everybody to buy in right you got to scare the populations of the world to get them to buy into these things and so if you don't have a crisis you got to make one up well that's what's going on right now with this climate change global warming nonsense Okay, so food supply, energy, now food supply. Climate Depot has said this, this is with Mark Moreno again, that meat and dairy must be reined back to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Now think about that. I'm talking about (coughs) cattle and milk cows and uh, the the way farmers farm, and I mean just everything, they're trying to control every little minute detail. It says, the impact of farming on climate crisis will be a key at the UN COP28 meetings they're having right now, and global food production must become sustainable to stay within 1.5 degrees Celsius. Now, come on, you guys, 1.5 degree. Last night here in Dallas, it was 41 degrees. Today, it is, I think, in the 60s, okay? So, a 21, a 20, over a 20-degree difference. These guys are talking about 1.5 degrees Celsius. Come on. I mean, that, the, the warmer, actually, the better it is for plant life. So the UK Guardian has said this, the news source, meat and dairy must be rained back from its continued growth around the world. If targets to have emissions, in other words, to cut them in half, by 2030, and reach net zero by 2050 are to be met, then we've got to rein back, dairy, your, the, the milk, meat consumption. Jennifer Larby, who's the head of the UK Advocacy and Campaigns at Christian Aid, she said this, I'm quoting, the emissions from farming is a huge driver of the climate crisis and one which needs to be tackled at COP28 if we are to keep global heating in check. Now, you guys understand, the farmers around the world, if the farmers don't farm and raise cattle, the ranchers, most of us would have nothing to eat. I don't grow my own food. So I rely on farmers. I know a lot about farming. Both of my grandpas farmed over 50 years. And so I, I, I man, I've bailed so much hay and ro- drove a tractor and I mean I did all that the whole time I was growing up. And so I know a lot about farming and the farmers and ranchers feed the world, guys. Most people used to grow their food, most people today do not. If you're still able to do that, that's great. With my schedule, I simply don't have time to, so I've got to rely on farmers. These people are wanting to regulate farmers down to the point where they almost can't function and a lot of them are losing their farms. They're making fertilizer and things so expensive it's almost impossible for these guys to make a living and we should be supporting them more than just about anything. They're producing most of our food. But yet these people who want to create this world-governing body, they're demonizing the ones that are producing our food. So what's their solution? Well, have you ever heard of a guy named Bill Gates? Bill Gates has said that rich nations, this was in the MIT review, rich nations should shift entirely to synthetic beef. Now, this is supposedly the intelligentsia of our society, right? Synthetic beef? In the, in the MIT review, they, they say this, and I'm quoting, we spoke to the Microsoft co-founder about his new book, The Limits of His Optimism, the tech breakthroughs and energy policies that we need, and I was thinking on climate change has evolved. So Bill Gates replied to a question, To the MIT review in 2021. He says, I don't think the poorest 80 countries will be eating synthetic meat. However, he said, I do think all rich countries, i.e. the United States, Europe, all rich countries should move to 100% synthetic beef. Now this is all based on the propaganda of the climate crisis, you guys. That's what COP28 is all about. They're talking about our food and moving to 100% synthetic meat because it's sustainable. In other words there are too, they're saying there's too many people on the planet with our trajectory there's too many people and it's not sustainable. Plus we're supposedly the farmers and the cows and different things with their the gases and the carbon emissions they're putting off that they're heating up to the planet to where oh, there's a crisis. Bill Gates says all the rich countries need to move to eat 100% synthetic beef. You You can get, he says this, listen, I'm quoting, you can get used to the taste difference, and the claim is they're going to make it taste even better over time. Eventually, that green premium is modest enough that you can sort of change the behavior of people or use regulation to totally shift the demand. Now, Bill Gates is one of the largest, if not the largest, farmland owner in America right now. So have you thought about that? He wants us to eat American, uh, Americans to eat synthetic beef? I tell you what, Dave Robbins is not a synthetic beef eater. I like cows. And I know most of you all do as well. And so this is all based on a false narrative. What are they trying to do? They're trying to create a world government. They want to control every single aspect of your life. Look at the Sustainable Development Goals. All this runs right alongside the Sustainable Development Goals. Well, they they will control every single aspect. I mean, right down to how many times you flush your toilet, how much electricity you use, how many times you use your toaster. They want to know everything. The New Americans said this, at the 28th Conference of Parties, the COP28, the UN Food and Agriculture Organization, FAO, will advise citizens of wealthy nations to eat less meat in order to help mitigate the climate crisis, which is propaganda. Climate zealots claimed that agriculture accounts for approximately one-third of all the greenhouse gas emissions on the planet. Livestock, farming in particular is supposedly a major source of methane, deforestation, biodiversity loss. Nations such as the United States will be advised to eat far less meat, while developing nations will be instructed in ways to improve their agricultural systems to be more sustainable. So anti-meat campaigners hope to turn their portion of COP28 which I think they're gonna the, the meat portion is going to be d- discussed on December the 10th. Boy, I can't wait for that. And they're gonna they're tr- these anti-meat campaigners are going to hope to turn their uh, portion of COP 28 into a referendum on the diet of Western nations. So these guys overseas somewhere they're in the United Arab Emirates. <clears throat> they want to set the diet for me all the way down here in Dallas, Texas. Well. I'm not so sure any of them guys have ever been to Texas. You just don't do that to Americans, right? So, God help us all, because these guys are trying to create a world-governing body, and we'll get deeper into it on the back side of the break, God bless.
1: As a viewer of The End Time Show, you're getting early access to Christmas deals starting right now. Do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays? What experiences and gifts would you receive this year? Well, the atmosphere at end time is nearly the same. We're excited because these deals are now available through the end of 2023. Why are we so thrilled? Because we know these resources transform lives. And that's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2023, you can get deals like a special VIP group video call with Dave Robbins when you get Understanding the End Time. End Time Plus subscription for 50% off, or my personal favorite, a $10 and under sale for almost 100 different products featuring Irvin Baxter, Dave Robbins, and more. Go to endtime.com deals for a full catalog of items. You can also call 800-END-TIME. Hurry, supplies are limited. Go to endtime.com deals today. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is
0: holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call one 800 Endtime or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Now, everybody, we're talking about the false narratives of COP28. The whole meeting, there will be millions and millions of dollars spent on hotel rooms and meeting places and private jets getting people there. And imagine all the uh, carbon emissions that would be let off by those, those uh, private jets getting there. But, of course, we don't want to talk about that. What we want to talk about is the sustainability of our farmers, the little old uh, rural farmers here in the United States of America because they're the ones that are causing all this climate catastrophe, right? It's an absolute false narrative. They're just trying to create a world governing body. The New American article goes on to say, how we farm sustainably and ensure the, that people that need, food, can, that, that need the food the most, get that, can get it should be a a major priority for leaders in Dubai. That was Jennifer Larby of the UK advocacy group Christian Aid. She says the emissions from farming is a huge driver of the climate crisis. Folks there isn't even, there's no such thing as a climate crisis. These guys dreamed this up years ago. Originally it was global cooling and we had ice ages on the way and then when that didn't happen then we went to global warming where the earth's gonna heat up and now, uh, you know, everything's going to burn up and we're going to be left with nothing but ashes. Folks, none of their climate predictions, I, listen closely, none, not one of their climate predictions has ever come to pass. The, all of the, all of the um, Al Gore and the, with his uh, climate change movie, Inconvenient Truth and all those things, none of that has ever come to pass. There there wasn't an ice age back in the 40s and 50s, right? It didn't happen. But they were scaring everybody out of their mind. Now they're saying that the planet is heating up to the point where we're going to burn up, but yet there have been massive snowstorms over in Europe. The, I just saw where on the the Mark Moreno's um, Climate Depot, uh, an article where the the polar ice cap is expanding. And I mean, just polar bears are flourishing one thing right after another if the earth is warming why did it get down to freezing in dallas texas near thanksgiving just after thanksgiving this year it got down to 32 degrees one night but the earth is warming right you guys you have to understand the false narrative and what they're trying to do to all of you so they say the emissions from farming is a huge driver of the climate crisis and one which needs to be tackled at cop 28 If we're to keep global heating in check. So they're thinking that humans can, with our little minuscule efforts that we could do, can keep the earth from heating up to the point where it's going to burn up. You guys, we're not in control of this. God is. We could could put out ten times the carbon emissions and God has created ways. The the oceans consume a lot of it. There's many ways that God has created all this stuff. God knew what was going to happen, and guess what? The earth's going to be here another 1,000 years. I got news for everybody at COP28. The earth will be here another 1,000 years. We're not in a climate crisis. But, of course, none of them pay any attention to the Bible. There's not one mention of God in COP28, unless it's the religious portion that's being put out. And, of course, the religions are calling for us to mitigate... Uh, all of this, all of our uh, efforts to keep the climate crisis from expanding. That's what the religions of the world are doing. They're not getting down and asking God to help us because there's a climate crisis, which is what they should do if they believed in a climate uh, climate crisis. So, at some point during COP28, the FAO is expected to release its Roadmap which organizers hope will offer a, a shared direction of travel for livestock per- producers in the age of, get this, global boiling. Wow! Now the Earth's boiling to the point where it's about to steam, steam and blow up in the pot, right? So, they say this, and I'm quoting, this is Sophia Conda's affair. She said, this roadmap is needed to bring clarity to both companies and investors so that they can plan for the transition. She says The this is, now, her company FAIR is an ESG-centered advocacy group, environmental, social, and governance. She says the longer companies wait to act on this supposed climate change, the more drastic and potentially disruptive the transition. And there you have it, folks. The UN, along with their NGO allies, they're looking to use COP28 to bully the agricultural industry and ranchers into producing less food for the masses while they may be paying lip service into making agriculture more sustainable. Their ultimate aim is for the agricultural industry to produce less food for humanity and they're using so-called climate change as the excuse. And you know the UN and the climate zealots Their war against agriculture, particularly livestock producers, is a glaring example of the climate cult's Malthusian agenda. So, controlling our food supply, think about that. Well, it's a good time for me to talk about Ready Pantry, right? I mean, you know, as Americans, when I'm thinking about all of this, I'd like to believe that the grocery stores are always going to be there, and they're going to be full of American-raised meat. But we've seen over the years that things can change very quickly, right? Food supplies can diminish. What if they do greatly diminish the amount of of, um, produce that comes from farmers? And so I want you to ask, you know, what if there was a way to have an affordable three-month emergency supply of food? Just in case there's a a crisis where we had to get back on our feet and the climate change, or the... the, um, like uh, uh, the supply chain went down for a little bit, or maybe they couldn't get food supplies to our stores and different things. There's a way for you to do that. At least have something 3, 6, 9, 12 months. Readypantry.com slash end time offers these 25 year shelf stable foods, including meals for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert even. And you know, not to mention the peace of mind it's going to give you knowing you've got an emergency supply of food. Just if anything happens, Now, you know, I mean, think about it, a power outage, hurricanes, grid collapses, anything like that. Rolling blackouts. Especially if we move off of the uh, coal-fired power plants like John Kerry wants to do. Ready Pantry is an American-based company with all the products sourced here in America. They're not shipping their stuff in from overseas, China, or someplace. So you're not gonna be disappointed by it. Many many long-term food storage companies on the internet, they're selling products that have been sitting in the warehouse for years and years and years. But Ready Pantry is delivering the freshest food that's been packaged within just the last few months, straight to your house. Just go to Ready Pantry. Uh, they, they offer discounts of up to 20% off for 3 to 12 month supplies. And go to readypantry.com slash endtime, use code endtime, and save an additional 10% off on your order, and you never pay shipping. So. You can also stock your pantry with buy-now-pay-later options available at at the checkout by going to readypantry.com slash endtime. So, we're going to move from the food portion, and just let me talk to you about global warming slash climate change for a second. Because really, the false narrative is all about scaring us into accepting a world government. That's what COP28 is all about. Like I said, there's going to be millions and millions of dollars spent on this COP28 meeting. And it's all a hoax, you guys. It's a hoax. It's a dreamed-up crisis so they can regulate all these different areas. Folks, God has been regulating the temperature of this planet for thousands of years. I mean, the very idea that a government entity can control the weather or the temperature of our planet. Now think about that. By regulating the amount of CO2 that we emit into the atmosphere, that's that's preposterous. The problem with world leaders spreading the message that man-made global warming is heating up the planet, which in turn causes all sorts of climate change catastrophes, is that none of it is true. Is global warming man-made? Well, so let me see. What would, I'm trying to think of the best way I could do to answer that. So think of it like this. <clears throat> the entire global warming climate change theory, it hinges on the premise that humans, through emissions of greenhouse gases, mainly CO2. So what's your, what's your exhaling? You breathe in oxygen, you exhale carbon dioxide, CO2. So that they say that these mainly are causing the temperature of the earth to rise. Now, did you not think God had this all figured out? The Bible says God knows the end from the beginning. Do you think there was going to be a time when he would allow us, by exhaling and other things that we do, to burn the planet up a thousand years before he said it would? No, I mean, you guys, come on, it's a hoax. But a lot of people will say, well, you can't rely on your belief in God or what the Bible says, that's not... That's not science. I don't care what science says. The Bible's true. And the Bible says the earth's going to be here for at least another thousand years. Now, science is important. I get it. But science is just a bunch of guys trying to figure out everything that God created. Okay? God said, let there be, and it was. Because he's God. And so God is. you cannot, a lot of people are trying to take God out of the equation. You simply cannot do that. I made it one of my goals for next year to put God back into every equation because trying to... I mean, I, I, can, I can't make it physically, spiritually, mentally, and into my eternal existence without Jesus Christ. I can't. So I'm going to put him in every single equation that there is, if, if there was a climate crisis, And it got to be 175 outside. You know what I would do? I wouldn't look to the world government. I'd be looking to Jesus and saying, you're going to have to help us here because we're about to burn up. But guess what? The climate, I just took a walk around the church next to us, and it's beautiful outside. It's about 61 here in Dallas. And if the earth was burning up or at the boiling point, as some of them are saying, come on, you guys, no better than that. Jesus Christ is not going to let us boil up. So, as a result of all of this, they say the climate changes, which leads to all sorts of weather catastrophes, snowstorms, droughts, tornadoes, hurricanes, tsunamis, and so on. So the global warming alarmists, they contend that the more CO2s, humans and cows and and all these other uh, methane gases and all these things, that we emit into the atmosphere, that the more, that's the more the planet heats up. They say CO2 is one of the main ones. What we are exhaling, everybody. Although, they never talk about plants use that for food. That's plant food. We uh, plants put off oxygen, which we take in. We put off CO2. What plants take in? God designed that about six thousand years ago. Now, right? So God designed all this to work the way it is, and humans want to come along and mess everything up. Why? Because they're trying to create a world-governing body. It's all prophetic. And so they're frantic, they frantically warn that uh, if this is not stopped, we're going to destroy the planet. This is what's going on at COP28 as we speak. So, is any of this really happening? The answer is no, everybody. None of this is true. If it's true, then the Bible is a liar. But there are religions that are actually preaching this doctrine as well. And I'm asking you, do not fall prey to that because it's simply not the case. The Bible tells us the earth will be here for at least another thousand years. And at the end of the day, I'm going with the Bible, everybody. A voice spoke to me. said i've got something i want to show you i was so sure god had talked to me and i was stunned by what i saw a direct fulfillment of this over 2500 year old prophecy the united states will stand with israel why haven't i ever seen this before one third of humanity will die what do these beasts symbolize the lion, the bear, the leper. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on Endtime Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800-END-TIME. Endtime.
1: Time is not going anywhere. You
0: know everybody, when we talk about this non-crisis, the climate crisis is a non-crisis, they say that you've heard the, that there's 97% of the cl- scientists agree. That's actually not true. Matter of fact, there's, there are many, many scientists that do not agree with this. I'm talking about Nobel laureates, all kinds of people. Go to Climate Depot and they've got just, there. There are there is a list of scientists that's going around there and there's more and more scientists i'm talking about people that are at, at many well-known colleges the, the uh physicists and all kinds of people that have said it's simply not happening and that the, they and they've also offered sound scientific data debunking it as a myth so consider this because I, I i've got books and stuff on all this and i didn't want to get so detailed that you'd say, wow, I just don't even understand what Dave's talking about. But I want you to understand one thing. That they say that the temperature is going up because of the CO2 emissions, right? But actually, temperatures increases CO2, not vice versa. So, if you remember back in his now, it's now famous, Uh, His global warming documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, by uh, former Vice President Al Gore. He produced a graph. If you haven't watched it, I think you can go on YouTube and watch it for free. But it was very deceptive. He produced a graph depicting the variations of temperature and levels of CO2 in in the atmosphere over the last 650,000 years. So I know it's deceptive because the Earth hadn't even been here that long but it was according to computer-generated models. However, in the graph, Al Gore strategically separated the two lines and he placed the temperature line below the CO2 line. And that was done in an attempt to create the, let's say, a delusion that when the amount of CO2 emissions increased, that the temperature automatically would begin to climb as well trying to prove his false narrative today that the more CO2 emissions we put out that we're driving the heat up, right? The temperature, the earth is warming. Well he tried to do that in a deceptive way. So his obvious conclusion was that global warming was being generated by mankind's modern industrial development which has, thereby, it had increased the amount of CO2 emissions in the atmosphere and we were driving up. And And as a solution Mr. Gore advocated global laws that would revolutionize our lifestyle, redistribute the wealth of the world through his proposed cap and trade legislation, and establish a system of global governance that would end national sovereignty. That's really what he wants. He still wants it. However, after experts analyzed the graph in his movie by placing the CO2 line directly over the temperature line, they proved conclusively that the CO2 levels had only risen as a result in the increase in temperature, not the other way around. And so, in other words, it wasn't CO2 rising that the temperature went up. The temperatures had actually went up and then CO2 levels followed that. And a closer look at the graph revealed that the lag in time between the temperature and the CO2 levels changing had at times been 800 years apart. So they they completely disproved what Al Gore was trying to deceive people in his movie. That CO2 levels going up did not mean that the temperature was going to go up. So really that one proof alone it's, it's destroyed the entire basis for the global warming theory. But then now you've got people at COP28 here in, in 2023 that are still pushing this false narrative. An increased amount of CO2 does not result in global warming. Actually, the opposite is true. And, you know, there's many too easy to understand proofs. The, one of my favorites, as an example, was back during the medieval warming period, the Vikings sailed in waters that are now frozen. Okay? You say, well, hold on a minute. If we're global warming, those waters should they should have been frozen back then, and now they're thawed. It's opposite. They're now froze. The Vikings took advantage of those ice-free seas to colonize Greenland and other outlying lands up in the north. So around 1000 A.D., the climate was sufficiently warmer. It's called the medieval warming period. For the north of Newfoundland, it was warm enough for, to support a Viking colony that came to be called Vinland because of the grapes and the fine wines and different things that were produced there. So these areas, they're under ice today. But what, what, what about global warming, Dave? Hence my point of the whole program. It's a false narrative. There is no climate crisis. This one proof right here, it provides absolute proof that it was warmer back then when the Vikings were here than it is now. And there were no, there were no factories back then, right? There were no, uh, you guys driving those big SUVs and then big Ford pickups, uh-uh, come on. You guys got to stop that because you're burning up the planet. Come on. You guys know better than this. So, what's the conclusion? Well, global warming was not man-made then, and it's not man-made now. COP28 is just another meeting in a long line of attempts to drive humanity into a world-governing body. That's what climate tw- uh, COP28 is all about. Now they've got the religions of the world on board. They're, these big religious meetings, and Pope Francis couldn't go because he was sick. But he was saying, hey, I, 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 I want you guys to know that the, the earth is is burning up and we've got to stop this and um, it's an offense to God and that it's a sin that what we're doing to the planet, causing it to, causing global warming. Wow. Now, he's done that many times, obviously. He, he's wrote two encyclicals, Laudato Si and Laudato Yam, pushing this narrative, but Guys, and they're getting, they had, they had the, uh, these religious meetings and different things before they started. And folks, what they're doing is they're weaponizing the religions of the world so that the people that are under their control, or their influence, I should say, would say, hey, our religious leaders are saying this is true. We've got to do something about it. Don't be fooled by all that. You say, wow, Dave, that's a strong statement. I'm telling you. They've been pushing these climate narratives for decades now. None of it's true. If the earth warms up a little bit tomorrow or over the next 10 years, so what? They, I've got uh, articles and different things telling us that it would actually be better for the planet, that the greening, because we're warming a little bit, is the greening of the earth. It's more green now. You guys, God is in control of all this stuff. God is, Almighty God. And so the Bible says, as long as the earth remains, and I know we've got a thousand years yet, or and the, the kingdom of God will be established here on the earth after His second coming. The Bible says, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be hot, cold, spring, summer, winter, and fall, planting and harvesting. Okay? So, what happened? This drive into humanity and drive into world government, After World War II, I want you to understand. COP 28, this is what it's all about. After World War II, the United Nations was founded as an an international organization to maintain peace and security by developing these friendly relationships between nations and promoting social progress. However, the idea behind it, it sounded great, but until it was discovered that the charter establishing the United Nations was drafted by a Communist spy, Alger Hiss. Well, with a communistic agenda driving the mechanics of that, of the United Nations, it's easy to see how the global elites have been able to work from within the United Nations to quietly build a world government. A socialist world government is the goal. All of the propaganda that comes from them is trying to push. That's what all the wealth redistribution is all about. I'll we'll get to that in a second. But a socialist world government is the goal, that's why all the propaganda that comes from the United Nations, it's socialistic agendas. And promoting the belief in global warming, or I guess I should be politically correct and say climate change, because global warming, that hasn't been proven to be true, that that's currently the number one vehicle, currently I say, to reach that goal. And one of the core belief systems of socialism is that most conflict in society stems from this ever-broadening gap between the wealthy and the poor and the contention is that the wealthy are the ruling class and that they will inevitably use their economic power to enforce their will upon the less fortunate the ultimate society or the ultimate socialist solution to this problem is to abolish private property ownership for the state to own all principal means of production and the central government to redistribute wealth evenly among the masses and the result would be a classless communistic society where a global government would ensure equality for all the citizens. Now, it would be impossible to fully realize the dream of this uh, communistic world-governing body without the redistribution of wealth. It's the number one plank of socialism. From these developed nations to the poor underdeveloped nations of the world. Folks, this is the main goal of the global warming climate change hoax. The United Nations elites know that a perpetual uh, global life-threatening crisis is necessary to convince the wealthy nations to accept the punitive cost of all of this. So here's what's happening at COP28. The US climate envoy John Kerry he pledged 17.5 million dollars to a de facto international climate reparations fund at the United Nations climate summit in the United Arab Emirates COP 28 and as part of the vice president's uh, remarks Kamala Harris at COP 28 announced a 3 billion dollar pledge to the Green Climate Fund since the climate crisis does not exist what are these funds for everybody they're nothing more than wealth redistribution it's it's the United Nations Cop 28, it's their cl- their climate summit, and guess what? What are they wanting everybody to do? We've got to have more money in these climate funds. It's redistributing the wealth of the world from the wealthy developed nations to the underdeveloped nations. But guess what? Most of the money goes into the coffers of the despots of those nations. That we're watching a socialistic world governing body being created right before our very eyes. That's what COP28 is all about. They're trying to control our energy. They're trying to control food. They're trying to control transportation and the religions of the world. Many of them are on board with it, and they're pushing this false narrative. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it's it's Bible Prophecy 101, world government being established as we speak, and I want you to be aware of what's going on. God bless.